speaking <laughs> you are always speaking you are always drawing us near <laughs> that's your desire your desire is that we would come close come close come to the table come come close where I can speak to you where you will hear me I can give you rest from your day of toiling, from your day of working, from your day of striving. He's always calling us to come. Come to the table. Come home. You have wandered. You who have wandered so far off, come home. I'm watching for you. I'm waiting for you. He's a good father. He's a good father. He longs for his children to come home. To be with him. <laughs> Where he could have fellowship. One on one with us. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for drawing us. For drawing us in. Oh, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Oh, we're here. We're at your feet, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Stay in that spirit of worship. Because I think we're going to do that again. Y'all can sit down. I'm so grateful, so grateful for this house. I'm so grateful for the message of this house. <laughs> that makes me cry when I think um, what an amazing God we serve, that he would bring us all together in this place, you know? And the message from this pulpit, from this house. I want to read... Um, this prophecy, oh my goodness, when I ran into this, I thought, this is for now. This was given to Dr. Savell. It was a prophetic word given to him August 11th of 2010. And it was given by um, Pastor Shepherd from Prevailing Faith Church. 
Not sure where it is. I looked it up and it is real. He is there. Is it outside of Houston? Okay. Um, and um, Pastor John or somebody had said, this has been cooking in me since March 25th and this was August 11th. He said, these words have been boiling up out of me since, since then. And this is what he kept hearing, enlargement over Dr. S- over Dr. Simbel. Enlargement and increase, enlargement and increase. He said, for these are the days of the great harvest. And I have raised you up in the ministry that I've called you to for this very hour. Much has been done up until now, but things will begin to speed up. The increase will begin to come faster and faster. For the harvest is great, and even this hour the laborers are few. And I have taken it into my hands, says the Lord, to become the propellant that begins to propel you into this harvest at a level like you've never known before. That sounds like increase. It sounds like maximum. For I will surely do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask or think. For you have asked and you have dreamed and envisioned and seen. And you have believed me. You have believed me according to that hope and that dream and my promise. But I assure you of this. Not only will I fulfill my promise, but I will exceed that promise. Because just as I was to Abram, just as he promised to Abram, El Shaddai, I am showing myself even now as El Shaddai unto you. And you shall see such increase to put out into the fields, to put out into the work of the harvest, that your ministry will become like a huge harvesting operation beyond anything that you've ever fathomed. For this is the hour of great things. And when I say great, it is exceedingly great. It It is exceedingly abundant. And you shall see souls swept into the kingdom of God all over this globe through the work I've called you to. And you will smile and you will laugh. And you have dreamed dreams. And I commend you, says the Lord, for those dreams are big, big in me. But I will exceed that. And I will show myself strong. I will show myself strong in your behalf. And through you in this hour, says the Lord. I read this a couple of weeks ago, and as I was watching Dr. Savelle and Miss Carolyn minister up here, all I could think about was this prophetic word and just the promise, the promise coming to pass. The dreams that he has dreamed, the things that God has spoken to him are going to come to pass. And now you ask, and now you ask, because I hear you, what does this have to do with me? Well, you're here. You're in this body. You're in the body of Christ. We are part of the kingdom of God. We have a place and a purpose here. If God has placed you here and called you here, we're part of this promise. We're part of this harvest. And I know I hear you saying, what's my part? God, what's my part? So tonight's message is on hearing from the Holy Ghost, hearing from the Holy Spirit and asking him, what's my part? Where do I go from here? I see you working. Do you see him working on the earth today? Yeah. You can choose to see what the enemy's doing, but you can also choose to see what God is doing. And God is doing a mighty work. He is. It was several months ago, the Lord told me, um, I'm doing a work in, was it Afghanistan? I believe it was Afghanistan. He said, I'm doing a work in Afghanistan. Look it up. And I thought, look it up. Where do I look? Where do I even start? And I just 
typed in revival in Afghanistan. And I asked the Lord, what, which one do I read? What do I read? And I read about a man who was having a revival. I mean, he is having revival. We don't hear about that in the news. Did y'all hear about the revival in Afghanistan? No. This man in his little room in his bedroom in green house, he's sitting on his bed, his family's in the background, and he's like telling about the move of God that's happening there. Do you believe me? There is, God is moving mightily. He is moving mightily. He is speaking. He's always speaking. But we have to ask, what is my part? What is my part? What is my part? I want to hear from you, Holy Spirit. You know what? The Holy Spirit, the most important thing for a believer is to be connected with God so that you can hear from him. You know, you can't just, once you get saved and you, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the very next thing that you're given is a Bible, right? You're going, this is God's word. This is God's letters. There's love letters for you. This is him talking to you. Get in a church, get in a church and get into the message. Whatever you're hearing, get into a Bible study, learn. And I remember hearing as a little girl, um, always pray before you open your Bible I can't remember. There were ABCs, but one of the things was asking the Holy Spirit to show me, reveal the word to me, because it's the Holy Spirit that's the teacher, right? It's the Holy Spirit that is speaking. Now, how to be led, how to hear from the Holy Spirit, you have to have a connection with God. Um, I was reading a book. I had just I just recently got, got, and it's from a rabbi, and he says in his book, he says, the purpose of our existence is our connection to the divine presence, which is the Shekinah glory. God created us to be in his presence, right? So that we can hear from him. And we have to be led by the spirit of God. We have to be led by him. We can't be led by our emotions. We're finicky. We can't be led by our emotions, our feelings, and how we feel. The word says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord in all your ways. Lean not on your own understanding. Because I'm going to get it wrong. Have y'all ever gotten it wrong? Some of y'all probably haven't. But you're going to get it wrong if you lean on your own understanding. And it says, acknowledge me. How do you acknowledge? You notice, you recognize that they're there. They're always there. He says he's always there. He never leaves us, right? So in order to hear from him, we must draw close to him and we have to acknowledge him. You know, he's the gentleman. He just stands there. He goes with you everywhere. Everywhere. Amen. So it says, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Obedience is the key in hearing from the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all know, have you ever been in a place where God has told you to do something and you don't do it? Yes, we all have. So he tells you again, doesn't he? And he tells you again. And then after some time, he just stops telling you, right? He does. He just stops telling you why. Because you haven't gotten, you haven't done the last thing he told you to do. Is that right? Um, Hearing and being led by the Holy Spirit. Seeking him. I wrote this down a couple of weeks ago. Seeking him and not just his manifestations. And that's funny because Dr. Savell talked about that as well. Seeking the face of God is being intimate with the Father rather than the hand or the manifestations, which is the power of God. Knowing the person, um, I know in Bible school, good night, I can't even tell you how many years ago, 1987, 
there was a Bible, there was a class I took. It was called the person of the Holy Spirit because he is a person and it's drawing close to the person and hearing from the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's, when he teaches us, God is a God of progression. We, we go from glory to glory. We learn precept upon precept. Isn't that right? The, the, it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that, that when we look in the mirror it, and we're reading the word, that it is like we're growing. We're going from glory to glory, continually becoming more like him and who he's created us to be, right? So what he has spoken to you or what he spoke to you last week or last month or 10 years ago, is it still relevant today? Yes, it's still relevant today, right? So um, how many of y'all know that when you're spoken to, when you're hearing a word from here, um, you're going to forget at least 80% of what was said, or if not more, 90% when you walk out that door. Ask your children, what'd y'all learn? What did they say? Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Ask the adults, what did y'all talk about? Uh, Jesus. There has to be an expectation on our part. You can't come and go, I'm just going to pick and choose whatever I want to hear. No. Hearing from the Holy Spirit comes first with a desire. You have to have a desire. Guess what? That desire is his desire too because he wants to speak. He wants to speak. Some of us are okay coming to the table and just tasting. I just want to taste. You know, the Bible does say, taste and see that the Lord is good. We've got to get past that. After a while, you've got to get past the tasting. You've got to go, okay, all right, God, I'm ready for some meat. I'm ready for something more. Are you ready for more? I want more. This is the year of the more to the higher level, the maximum. Are you satisfied with church just like it is? Are you satisfied with your growth just in the way you are? Do you realize that if you're not growing, you're dying? There's no middle. Justin and I rode bikes a few weeks ago, and I hadn't been on a bike since I was 10 years old. Oh, my gosh. That was scary. I'm like, ah! surely it's easy. I could do this again, you know? And it's like, what's wrong with this bike? It's so wobbly, you know? And and, and you can't, you know, you can't just stop because then you fall over, you know? But that's like it is with with our growth, with our, our, our relationship with the Lord. We have to be going forward, precept upon precept, glory to glory. We just keep going and going with him. And we hunger for more of him. So I'm going to tell you, and I've done a lesson on this before, but on taking notes. You can't go and talk to God the Father and not take anything to write something down. You know, you can't come hungry and go, oh God, I need to hear from you. And then you don't remember what he just said. Write it down. It's okay, write it down. Write it down. Habakkuk says, write the vision. You know, well, the vision is what he's telling you. Because, see, he's trying to change your vision into his vision. He's trying to change your desire into his desire. So what you hear from here is, is something that's causing us to change from the inside. But we've got to write it down. Write it down. Make, and write it down. And it says, it will surely come to pass. It will happen. 
I love going back into my my um, journals. I, I have lots of journals. And there's times where, you know, I'll be just going back through old messages and or just writing down scriptures and going back to the scriptures and going, God, speak to me. I need to, I want to hear from you. But how many of y'all have ever gone back to the same scripture and the same scripture and every time you go back, God says something different? You know what that says about you? It says that you're hungry. Because there's a lot of us that will hear a message and go, I heard that before. And, and shut it all out completely. You know, God speaks through his word. God speaks through the place where he has placed you. Um, I love David in, in Psalm 16, verse 8. He says, in one translation, he says, I have placed the Lord before me constantly. In the Amplified, it says, I have set the Lord continually before me. That means I keep the Lord in my mind always. I let the Lord guide me. Okay? It says, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Verse 10 says, for you will not abandon me to the place of the dead. Neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Dr. Savell shared that message um, on Sunday. I love that. You will show me the path of life. What is the opposite of the path of life? The path of death. Hello. (laughs) How many of y'all want the path of death? Okay, so we need to keep the Lord. As I, I love it says, it says that, I have placed the Lord before me. It's kind of silly to think that David actually placed the Lord before him. But what it actually means is the Lord is my place. He is my place. When I was a little girl, I used to have a chair in my room that I would come to and get on my knees and pray. And that's where I would read my Bible. That's where I would hear from him. And that was my place. That was my, I knew he was there, kind of a place. But I knew he was with me all the time. But if I knew if I needed to talk to him or hear from him, I would go to that place. Several years ago, God got me on a P process. And I saw a place. Yeah, that's funny. I saw a place. I envisioned this beautiful place. It had my favorite colors. It had my comfy blanket. And it was a vision. It was just like a dis- open vision. I saw this place. It was, I was like, that's my place. And God said, no, that's my place that I've provided, that I've provided for you and I to be together. Isn't that good? So now every time I read place in the Bible, I think it's him. He is my place. So he speaks to us when we draw near and he speaks to us. Through where he places you. Think about that. Think about that. Where he places you. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 12, 18. And um, we have heard amazing messages. Eric, I think you shared this this verse. 
1 Corinthians 12, 18. And that was so good last Wednesday. And we're going we're gonna to get into what he talked about a little bit as well. It says, but as it is, God has placed... That means he's commanded, he has ordered, and arranged the limbs and organs in the body, each particular one of them, just as he wished. I love it. And saw fit. (laughs) And with the best adaptation. You know what that means? That means that he placed you in this place because he's here. And it's a place of growth. He knew exactly where you would be need to be in order to grow. This is the place. You want to hear from God? This is the place. He's in this place. He resides in this place. Isn't that good? So he speaks from this pulpit. He speaks through the anointed prophet, Dr. Savelle, through the anointed pastor, Justin, through all the other anointed men and women of God that he's placed as leaders here. And one of the messages that we heard years ago from um, our pastors in South Africa is putting our foot into the message of the house. And I think you all have heard that from this pulpit. And some of you all haven't. But what that means is putting your foot into the message of the place that where he's put you means walk out what you hear. Right? Sounds like obedience, doesn't it? Walk out what you've heard. Because the message here, when you walk it out, it's going to get you to the place that he's prepared for you, right? Your destiny. Amen? A lot of times we'll be grasping, going, I need to hear, I need to hear, I need to hear, God, I need to hear. And God's going, but I spoke to you. Were you there? Did you write something down? (laughs) I spoke to you, right? I said, um, stay in faith. I said, rejoice. I said, write the vision. It will not tarry. I said, watch, look, and expect my open hand. Keep the television in front of you, and you're going to lose your vision. Did God, did you say that? I didn't write that one down. (laughs) So then, therefore, I'm not accountable to it. But you know what? You're all, and that's a thing, because you know, because you'll ask your children, didn't I tell you? They're like, no, I didn't hear you. You didn't tell me. No. Was I supposed to pick up my laundry off the floor? I don't know. Did you say that? And so we think because we didn't hear it, we didn't write it down, we're not responsible for it, right? (laughs) So maybe that's why you don't write things down. Okay. But we now record our messages. (laughs) They're on the Church Center app. They're on podcasts. They're on YouTube, they're on the Facebook, they're everywhere. Like you cannot get away from the message of the house. It's there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you're planted. He's planted you here. I love Psalms 1. It says, blessed is he who does not what? Sit in the seat of the scornful. You just, you, you're, you're no longer out there with the angry and the, the, the mob, so to speak. Um, but your delight is in the law of the Lord, right? You, it says, blessed, happy, fortunate, empowered to prosper is the man who lives in, not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice and their plans and their purposes, Google, 
Okay. Nor stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the hateful and the angry get together. That's, you're not satisfied anymore with that, in, right? No, but our delight and desire is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, the precepts and instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates on. That means ponders and studies. That's chewing like a cow chews and chews and chews and swallows. And guess what else he does? Brings it back up and chews it again. I love cows. I love cows. They have how many stomachs? Two? Four. I love cows. Yeah, because there's times where you eat and you're like, oh, I'm so full. I wish I had another stomach. Yeah. I do. I do. I don't regurgitate my food and rechew it. But the Word of God, we're supposed to do that. That's what we're supposed to do. That's it. We're supposed to ponder and study it day and night. Amen. And this is how we become planted. This is how we become planted. And it says, and he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended. The master gardener cannot tend to you if you're not planted. You got to be planted. That means he prunes you. He nurtures you. He feeds you and he cuts away at you. Okay. He corrects you. He teaches. He encourages and he trains you so that, so that you can bring forth fruit in the se- in its rightful season. Isn't that good? So we're planted. Say, I'm planted. I'm planted. I'm planted. I'm planted. I hear from God. I hear his voice. I long to hear his voice. I put my feet into the message of this house, and I know that I'm responsible now that I'm planted to grow. Because if I grow, then others around me will grow. Now, I don't know a whole lot about gardening, and some of y'all have heard me say this story, but I do know this. I read it in a book. (laughs) Not online, in a book. But if you have a healthy fruit tree that's growing, that is healthy and it's producing, the roots are healthy, and it's causing the ground to be healthy. It, it, it provides, it releases nutrients into the soil. If you're a gardener, you can correct me later. But it produces and brings out nutrients into the soil. So if you've got a sick tree that you want to plant, you plant it next to the one that's healthy. Because it's going to cause it to be healthy. Okay. This is why we're hearing this message today. Okay? Because I've been asking God. I've been trying to make heads and tails in my own mind with my own understanding. But the Holy Spirit is is showing me why he's wanting us to hear this message. Because we're going to get into the very next part. There's people out there. I, I was talking to Tanya earlier. And there's people out there that have been hurt. And they've been, the only people that can hurt you are the people that you care about. Right? Or Christians, you know. Christians hurt other Christians. And they're disillusioned. And they're affected. Horribly affected. And we're talking about an end time harvest. We're talking about a revival that's about to sweep over this nation. That is sweeping over this nation. 
and I want you to hear me. We want to know what is our part personally. We want to know personally what is our part. We heard Dr. Savell talk about on Sunday. He said, we all repeated it, that we would not quench the move of the Holy Spirit. That means we will not be disobedient to what he is saying, disobedient to what he's telling us to do. A lot of us or a lot of people have gotten into a place where, and I heard this last week. I can't remember if it was Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was Wednesday. I heard don't stay stuck. And I thought, okay, God, what does that mean? Don't stay stuck. And he said, don't stay stuck on the unanswered prayers. Okay. I want you to go to Isaiah 54 one, and we're going to unfold this scripture. Like I've never heard it unfold before other than what the Holy spirit has shown me. Now, I'm going to read it through. It says, Sing, O barren one, you who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who did not travail with child. For the spiritual children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Verse 2 talks about enlarging the place of your tent. I wrote down, don't stay stuck on unanswered prayers. Okay? Refusing nutrients, being angry and depressed. Okay, his answered prayers are or will be many. He says, enlarge the place of your tent, which means get my perspective, my thoughts, my wisdom, my direction, even on what you're asking and desiring, because this is the time. He needs us to be asking for the things that he's desiring. There's got to be a letting go. Pastor Justin's been talking about getting rid of the old wine skins in order to receive the new wine, surrendering an old way of thinking in order to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, that word sing, and, and the, the barren one basically means one who is lonely or disappointed, one with an aching heart. Barren is empty. It means you've been trying to do something on your own and it has not happened. Okay? It's unanswered prayer. But let me tell you, what is the direction? What is the word that he is saying? He says, sing. Okay? We think that's easy. Sing. In the Strongs, it's H7442, Ranan. It means put your eye, and that's not what it, I, I heard God say, it's putting your eyes back on me. Sing. I know you're disappointed. Things didn't turn out the way you thought. Sing. It means it means to creak. C R E A K. I know some of us sound like creaking doors when we try to sing, but it literally means to creak or to emit a stridulous sound, emitting a particularly harsh or shrill sound. That's some singing. Aloud for joy. Cry out. Be joyful greatly. Rejoice. That's been about. Shout. Cause to sing aloud for joy. Triumph. A victory or conquest by or as if by military force, a notable success. The joy of exultation, of victory. There's power in your song. There's power in your obedience. So he's saying sing. Sound like a creaking noise. 
a shrill, listen to this, a remembered lingering cry. The devil thinks he's one. You're about to sing. And he's going to remember it because it's going to be loud. It's a shrill. Your singing, your joy, your joyful sound is your battle cry. It's your faith cry. It says, I've already won. Okay? It's a faith declaration, and it's your war cry of victory, your shout of joy. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So he says, sing, O barren one, you who did not bear. You didn't bear. You didn't carry. But break forth. And that word break forth means to break forth with. It literally means to break up like the breaking of bones into pieces. When you sing, you're destroying the work of the enemy or what he thought he had done to you. Okay? Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who did not travail. That word travail means labored hard. You didn't labor hard with child, but you're going to labor in your singing. Labor in your obedience by singing, 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 rejoicing joyfully. We ta- he talked about joy. We talked about joy on Sunday. So tell me that, that God's not speaking and still speaking and still speaking. He's like a mom. He like tells you again and tells you again and tells you again. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. It's going to work. Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about because you have children or have had children. <laughs> and he says, for the spiritual children, what I have for you will be more. <laughs> Uh, the spiritual children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Mm. Enlarge the place. Do you hear that? Place. Enlarge the place of him. Enlarge how you hear from him. Okay? Spend time in that place where he is speaking. Enlarge the place where you hear me. Let the curtains of your habitation... That's where you live, where you dwelt, where you've been receiving from, your habitation, how you think. Let it be stretched out. You want higher thinking. We're going to another level, right? Spare not. Lengthen your cords and listen to this. Strengthen your stakes. Verse 2, Isaiah 54, verse 2. Strengthen your stakes. I wrote down when I heard the Holy Spirit, he says... That's establishing your purpose. Because he doesn't say to move the stakes. He says, strengthen your stakes. Establish what you know, what you already know. Strengthen that stake because you're not going to move. I know I've heard this before and I've heard it said that you move your stakes, but that's not what it says. It says, strengthen your stakes. Make it fixed. Know what you know. That's what's going to hold your tent together, what you know, okay? The devil's not going to move you. I'm planted. I'm not moving. I am enlarging the place of my tent, how I hear from him, how much time I spend in his presence. And the curtain of my habitation is being stretched, but it says, strengthen your stakes, For you will spread abroad to the right hand and to the left, and your offspring... Okay, now wait a minute. Your offspring. 
your offspring. She's barren. God didn't answer her prayers. In fact, her husband died. But that your offspring are those you teach, like you would be teaching your own. You know, you're always teaching, and that's about to get big. Your offspring, your offspring, your offspring. You're always teaching. You're always modeling God to others in your workplace, at school, at home, family reunions, family reunions. <laughs> you, you're always teaching. And it says your offspring, those you teach like you would your own, <laughs> will possess the nations. They're going to get it. They're going to get the truth. And they're going to go forth. Amen. We have a responsibility. Our growing, we have a responsibility. It's not just about us. Verse four, it says, fear not for you shall not be ashamed, neither be confounded and depressed for you shall not be put to shame for you shall forget. Say forget. forget. Says you shall forget the shame of your youth and you shall not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. You're not going to remember the disappointment. You're not going to remember the shame. You're not going to remember it. I'm going to come back to that, but I want you to understand that your obedience, you hearing from God is not just about you, but it's about your offspring. And I've read this before, Proverbs 10, verse 17. God keeps taking me back to this. It it says, he who, he who is me. Say, he who is me. He who is me, that's me. He who, me. Heeds instruction, that means obeys, and correction. Did y'all hear that part? Write it down. And correction. (laughs) Heeds instruction and correction is not only himself in the way of life, but also is a way of life for others. Woo! And he who neglects or refuses reproof, not only himself goes astray, but also causes to err and is a path towards ruin for others. Okay, you can't get away from it there. You can't. You heard it. You can't. We have a responsibility to hear from the Holy Spirit. We have a responsibility to obey the Holy Spirit. We have a responsibility. We did not get saved just for ourselves. If, you would have, if that was it, then you would have died the minute you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it's like, okay, good. You're, you're good. Let's go to heaven. You were, you were saved to save you from yourself. <laughs> so that now you could be used of him for others. I was saved for others. I've been saved for others. My growth my growth matters to your growth and your growth matters to my growth because God speaks to us through the word, through this pulpit, through our personal time, our place with him. And he speaks through each other, you know, what's my part? What's my part, God? What's my part? And that's something we need to be asking every day. I want to see where you're working because God's always working and God's always speaking. He doesn't take a day off. He's always working. So you always have to ask God, what is my part? Am I supposed to say something? Am I supposed to do something? Am I just supposed to love someone? 
just love them. I don't have to be in their face. I don't have to have my Bible out and go like this. You know, it says right here, you're going to go to hell. That was me as a small child, you know, because I didn't have the maturity. I had the passion, but I didn't have the maturity. I wasn't quite hearing from the Holy Ghost, you know. And sometimes we can miss it. We do. We miss it. But I'm going to tell you something about not forgetting. If you don't forget, not forgetting the pain, not forgetting the regret, not forgetting why something happened will cause you to continually hear amiss because you're going to be always hearing and seeing through your wounded soul, through your anger, through your bitterness, and through your hurt. And we can, we can go there. We can stay there. You know? We can hear on these other areas, but this one area where God didn't answer. Ah, oh, I just... Ah. Oh. Am I the only one that has ever had, an, like, a no from God or something has happened? You're like, I don't understand. I just don't understand. And you know what? Take it to him every time. He answers you. Take it to him. Take it to him. Ask him. It took... Oh, my goodness. It took... Eight, if not ten years, I had a very dear, dear friend of mine. Um, oh my goodness, she was in her fifties. She was probably my age, but um, she got cancer, and we prayed for her. And she was in the church, and we fasted. I fasted for over a year. I fasted my lunch. I mean, like my lunch break. I wouldn't eat my lunch break. I would go to the park and read my Bible, or I would go and visit her in the hospital if she was having treatments or if she was in the hospital at the time. For over a year, I did this. For over a year, we prayed for her. We prayed for her. We believed that she would be healed. It was, I mean, she got all kinds of revelations. And she lived longer than she should have. She was only supposed to live, I think it was only a year or two, and she ended up living like four other years. But one, one afternoon, I went to go see her in the hospital. And her husband had just left. And I came in and I was sitting at the hospital with her and, and just, we were talking. She was a dear friend of mine. And um, she goes, did you see, my, did you see, and she said his name, leave. And I said, yeah, I saw him leave. And she, she said, help me up. And I helped her up and we looked out the window and she's looking out the window and she goes, isn't he handsome? As we watched him go to his car. And I said, yeah, he is. He's so handsome. She goes, he's going to make someone a great husband. I... I didn't know what to say. I thought, wait a minute. I've been praying for you to be healed. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, that's all I can think about. I was like, what? And it was, it was that year in November during Thanksgiving break that she went home to be with Jesus. And, you know, as she was being taken, you know, because um, she was at her house, she was praising the Lord. She was praising him. She was just full of joy. But I never, I didn't understand. I was young. I was really young. This was 29 years ago. Haha, <laughs> I was really young. <laughs> I can't remember how old I was. You do the math. But um, I really struggled with it. And then it was a few years later, once I started at the ministry, I heard of one of the the directors of Canada. He had gotten sick. 
and he had to be put on, on life support. And um, he had five children. And he, the family asked Dr. Seville to go up there because they were going to pull the plug on him and he was going to go to be with Jesus. I'm like, we haven't even prayed. What are you talking about? He's plugged and they're unplugging him and he's going to die. And so Dr. Seville went up there. And um, sure enough, he sat up. They, they, they did that, and he looked at each one of his children and his wife, and he mouthed to them. He said, go with God, go with God, go with God, go with God, go with God. They pulled the plug. He went to heaven. And I'm like, okay, these are, this is two people now, God. You got some explaining to do. Because I can't hear God on healing anymore. I was like the barren one. I mean, not really singing. Not really singing. You can sing, but not really sing. You can sing and it's not really a battle cry and it's not a, you know, in your face devil. You're going to remember this singing because I won. No, it was like just singing. And I'd ask God every day, God, what is it? What, what is the deal? I was drawing close. He's still my place. He's still my place. I still talk to him every day. While I was here at work, I would have to clean the bus before going to go pick up kids. I would walk up and down the bus, making sure everything was locked, making sure everything was good, and then I would go pick up after schoolers and come back. And I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when I heard him talk to me. And he said, it took more faith for them to leave than it did for them to stay. And I thought, what? What does that mean? He said, they knew what they were walking into. They knew where they were going. They had faith for what they had stood for all their lives. It took more faith for them to leave the family that they loved, trusting in the God that they knew. Strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes. Strengthen them. Know what you know. Know what you know. Know what you know. I'm not moving. I know where I'm going, you know, and that's what they knew. And I know who's going to take care of you. It wasn't that they didn't have faith to believe for the answer. It just took more faith for them to go than it did for them to stay. Y'all have children. If your child called you, if your children that are not living with you, if they were out there in the streets and they called you and said, I want to come home. What would you say? How many of y'all would say, no, you're not coming home. You need to believe. Stay out there. No, we serve a good father. We serve a good father. And if his child is done and they say, I, I want to come home. <laughs> you're going to go, come on home. Because he's a good father. He's going to let you come home. Amen. I don't know who needed to hear that. That was not in my notes at all. I never, I did not plan to say that. But I know that sometimes we get stuck. We get stuck in a place of pain. And it's not our place to stay. Our place is in him. (laughs) Our place is in him. Me and him and him and me. (laughs) Me and him and him and me. My place is in him. 
It rains on the just and the unjust. Oh, barren one. The answer didn't come like you thought. And you can't make it happen. But you've got to forget. Because it says, he causes me to forget. I'm going to close with this. I know you know the story of Joseph. Um, It's in Genesis. You can Google it, look it up, read it, read it over and over. Read it, read it, read it. Joseph, father loved him. His brothers hated him, hated, hated like in, I want to murder you. Okay. (laughs) Murder you. That's hate right there. That's real hate because they did. They wanted to murder him. Um, So that's Joseph. He loved God. If you read, it says he followed God. God gave him favor. God blessed where he was because he was there. (laughs) And, And he loved Joseph. He loved him and Joseph loved him. And now we all know the story. We know that his brothers, they hated him. I can't even imagine how they treated him growing up. I mean, you have lots of brothers. You would know. So, I mean, like, brothers in general just like to fight with each other. But can you imagine if they hate you? Oh, my goodness. They're constantly trying to kill you, literally kill you. They hate you. They hate you. They're mean to you. They, they sell them, you know? And um, I love, you, you get to the part where they show up. Oh, I have to go. I have to look at it because I love it. I mean, it just, I read it and it makes me cry. And I read it and it makes me cry. Joseph, before, listen to me, before he was in the palace, before his brothers came to the palace to ask him for food, before he had a son, Joseph had a son. He named him Manasseh. He named his firstborn Manasseh. Manasseh means God has caused me to forget the transgressions of my father's household. You who have firstborn children, how many times do you say your firstborn child's name? All the time. All the time. You think of it all the time? You think of their name all the time? I mean, I was in a, in a car accident when, when Corey was a baby. And the, when I, I was unconscious and when I came out of it, the first thing I said was, where's Corey? Where's Corey? Corey, 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 You just say their name constantly, right? So every time Joseph said his firstborn's name, he remembered, God causes me to forget the transgressions of my father's household. God causes me to forget. I know what it's like. You can't forget some things. You can forgive. Oh, yes, because we're Christians. We forgive, but I'll not forget. No, God says we can forget. It said, oh, Baron, when I'm going to cause you to forget... You're going to forget. You're going to forget the hurt. You're going to forget the pain. You have to. Because if you don't, you can't hear right. Because you're always going to be hearing through that pain. You can't walk into what he has for you. Forgetting is part of the obedience, you guys. You have to be at least willing to forget in order for him to help you. Because everything comes from him. You can't do it on your own anyway. But I love it. He called him, he named him Manasseh, my God, who has caused me to forget the transgressions. And you know, another translation says, completely forget. Completely. Did it mean that the pain went away? I mean, I don't know. It says in chapter 42, 
verse 24, it says, and he turned away from them and he wept. He wept when he saw them coming. And he still puts more in their bags. He, he tells the, the, his servants to put more in the bags. Um, there's one part in here where it says that, and he wept and sobbed aloud. He couldn't restrain himself any longer. And it's chapter 45, verse 2, and it says, He wept and sobbed aloud, and the Egyptians who had just left him heard it. They heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. No. But he says to them in verse 5, when he finally discloses himself to them, he says, I'm your brother whom you sold into Egypt in verse 4. And then verse 5, he says, but now do not be distressed and disheartened or vexed and angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. You think you put me here? God did it. But you think God would have put him there if he would have remained bitter, barren, 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 empty? God, you gave me a dream and it never came true. God, you said you would do this and it never happened. And I can't even make it happen on my own. Do you see? He entered into, he entered into the right place where he could be a blessing to others. And this is what we have to be in these last days for this harvest. We're the Josephs. Provision. We have it. All of it. To give them. All of it. I know they've set fire to my car. I know they've done this. They've, you know. They. Them. Yeah. Like his brothers. They sold him. They hated him. They're going to hate you. But I'm in a position to bless you. We're blessed. We're blessed. We hear from our Holy Spirit. We're going to sing and put the devil in his place. He's a loser. We win. We win. Regardless, we win. Dying is not the end. (laughs) If I die, I can just go to heaven. You know? Like Paul said. Whatever. I'd rather go, but I'll go ahead and stay. Because it's better for you if I stay. But if they kill me, man, I'm out of here. You know, we're here for a reason. We're here to hear. We're here to hear, to be in his place. Ooh, hallelujah. All right, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Did y'all get something out of that? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs>